and welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 61 of season three of This Osteopathic Life. Happy New Year to all of you and happy final month of season three of This Osteopathic Life. As you may recall, our anniversary here at This Osteopathic Life is the 1st of February. So as the world shifts and makes the transition to this new year into 2022, we have one more month to look at what that means and to decide what our next steps are, what the intentions are for the new year of this osteopathic life. And the possibilities are endless, cliche as that may be. So many different ways for this to grow and to expand, to build on what has already been established, and we will always be for the health of all things. And what I've loved so much about the conversation episodes in these last two seasons is seeing so many different ways for that to emerge, seeing how all of us already are for the health of all things. And when we ask that question to ourselves, to each other, and we share the responses, we can see the broad opportunities to see what health can be, to see what it already is, to see how it looks, to hear different translations from our colleagues, from our friends, from our family members. And that has been a fabulous and inspiring space for me. As you might know, This Osteopathic Life also is a blog. Need some dusting off there. It's a book that's coming out, bringing the activation process forward. It is teaching courses primarily for physicians and healthcare professionals, although there's some growth in that space as well. This Osteopathic Life has served as a foundation for coaching for institutions to really launch and take off and at an institutional level, at a systemic level, bring health to medicine. It's been the space, the incubator space for live and conceivable and to make life mean what you think it means, including how health fits into that picture. And all of that is simply going to, and I'm going to use that word, simply going to level up, to expand in this next year. There are also going to be some local efforts and impact. I love the value in the reach of the virtual space. Right here on the airways all across the world, you can tune into this podcast. In my courses, all across the country and beyond those borders, people can participate. And there's something so important and so beautiful about being engaged tangibly in the local community. And that's a space where I am seeking to expand this year and have some pieces in place and trajectories forming for what that will be. But today, the topic that came up, and actually, at the end of my month of Living Conceivable post, that drifted off a little. And we can talk about the messy middle, right? And that finish with the flourish. But perhaps, again, I thought that was the finish and maybe fizzling at the finish. But I think that was actually very much a middle and probably really early on in the middle. There are many more to come. And trusting ourselves when there is a pause, knowing when, yes, we might be tired and we do it anyway, we power through. And knowing when we might be tired and we answer that call. And so the play on words that came up for me was the idea of rest and resistance. And if you ever worked those word puzzles where you have the one big word and you make as many small words out of it as you can. 
And just the fact that you can just see it, right? If you look at the word resistance, right? In your mind's eye, again, eyes open if you're driving, walking, bicycling, skiing, perhaps. We're in the snow season, finally. Hooray, here in Northwest Michigan. Look at the word resistance, right? And rest is built right in. And thinking about that and thinking about when we feel an internal resistance, what is it calling us to do? And I looked back because I felt like (laughs) I might have had an episode about resistance. I didn't see one when I tracked back, although it's possible, right? Screening through them, many episodes, I missed it. But just as all these episodes come along in the time in which they are meant, even if a previous episode of resistance were there, it would be different because this is this moment and the concept as it's presenting itself here and now. So I want you to think for a moment about resistance and the time you have felt it. What have you been resistant to? Why did it come up? How did it feel? What did you do? And when do you maybe resist rest? We're just coming through the holiday season, which has a lot of busyness. This New Year season, which for us increases activities, especially in the outdoor sports space, particularly as we're in the time of Omicron and prioritizing outdoor and spacious activities. We're seeing how that comes up and how we might be resistant to rest. Don't even think it's possible or available to us. So let's take a moment and explore right, the meanings of resistance. The essential meaning, we're in that space. We have the blue box first and then the full definition space. So we'll see. We'll see what comes through. Refusal to accept something new or different. And thinking about that, so how many times have we been fixed in our ways of being, of thinking, and a new concept is presented to us and it doesn't filter and it doesn't file in to the narrative that we have. And so the instinct is to reject it, right? To not accept it into our way of thinking, not allow it to challenge what we know and knowing there we absolutely have had episodes on in the past. And why? What happens if there's something new or different and we do let it in? Do we then think we've been wrong about everything that we've known prior? Do we then question everything rather than perhaps the one space where that new concept enters in? That's human nature to think. If I let go of this, right? if this which I always believed and knew and felt to be true is now different, what does that mean about anything else? And how do I ever know what is right, what is wrong, what is real, what is not? And what if we can have some space in there? And if we look at this dissection of resistance, we see rest in there, and we'll talk about that more in a moment. We also see nice and neat, just so fascinating to me. Because resistance often comes up when we're trying to keep things as they are. I'm going to keep it nice and neat. This is what I know. It's what's familiar. I can control this. It's available to me. I know what to expect, even if I don't necessarily like what it is that's showing up. So resistance can be out of that space. And we can look at nice and neat as that desire for perfectionism. I'm not going to do this any other way. This is the way that I've done it, even if maybe it's not working, right? And it might be working in the way that we recognize it in the moment, because again, we stay with what's familiar. But what if there's room for it to work in a wildly different, more effective way? And it requires us to step through that resistance in order to embrace it and to see. Many times when we've talked about this in previous episodes, we get information not necessarily by learning and planning, but by doing. And certainly in the concert of those three, there's a lot of power. 
but the impact of testing it, of seeing here is this new hypothesis. Let's find out what it really means. What is true within this? What does it have to offer me? What do I have to offer the world by taking this on? We look at resistance as the effort made to stop or to fight against someone or something. And looking there, and we could talk about, we just came through an anniversary yesterday, right? Where are there attacks? Where is there resistance to these attacks coming? When is it protective? When is it the aggression happening? And see how resistance comes up in there. And when do we, for our own sake, go with the flow? And thinking about that in a circuit, right? The resistance and the impedance in the circuit. Sometimes we just go with it. We get into the current, right? And this is the most sustainable. This is where energy allows us to be in this time. And then when are those moments when we can turn, right? We can swim up the river and we can stand against it. We just had the experience of watching Lord of the Rings, my whole family. And we watched it over six nights, if you have the extended version, still DVDs, right? Retro. And each of the three movies is two discs. And it's fascinating to me, all the different messages in that movie, in those movies, in that series. And also, how many things happen right at the end? When, to me, they were so prevalent. I was thinking they got to happen sooner. But there's so much buildup, right? And so it can be like that in our lives, where there can be a lot of exposition, a lot of components of the story that need to be built. And then there can be these moments where so much of it comes into being, into light, into seeing, into fruition. Right? And we can notice a profound impact of that. That was a bit of an aside. The reason I brought up Lord of the Rings was that idea of resistance. Right? When do you go with, run in the direction of? Right? So many battles in that movie. And so interesting to me because I really don't, like, appreciate, watch very effectively battle scenes. But in that movie, I can, right? I can see it in a different way. And I think knowing the underlying message of the why it's happening, right? In the forces at play. But in many scenes, right? They will stand and fight. In some scenes, they will run, right? They will move in the direction of. Sometimes they will be in with the enemy, moving with them, right? That was the safest space. Think about when Frodo in Samwise Gamgee dawn the armor of the orcs and march with them, right? Sometimes that is necessary for survival. And then those times when they turn and say no more. And I think about Gandalf, particularly in the scene where he's fighting the demon and he sends them, right? He sends them flow with, move away from, but not stand in face, not actively engage in resistance. And then he does, right? He turns and says, no, you shall not pass no more. And it was fascinating to me in watching movies with my daughter is always so enlightening. And I do believe she sees things in such unique and amazing ways. And she knew in that moment, oh, he didn't die. He's going to a place and he's going to come back better. And I don't believe she has any past reference of Lord of the Rings, but could sense what was happening there. And that that was a necessary component, a necessary stage and an opportunity, right? What sometimes looks like tragedy is actually the gateway to something so much more. And sometimes we have to go to these dark places to uncover what it is that's truly within us. And so resistance, right? And I think about it in strength training, and here's where, I think there was an episode, I could go look it up. We talked about Moana and her ship. But that 
resistance training, right, builds muscle. And that's the space where we can gain strength. And also, that rest is required. And we talk about this too, because for me, that's the challenging part in exercise and in many other spaces. That recovery time to rebuild what has been stressed is necessary. As I've seen that, how does rest fit with, how is rest a part of, how is rest so necessary? How is it integrated into resistance? Resistance as the ability to prevent something from having an effect. And here it's so interesting. The example is the paint shows good weather resistance. I got some new boots for Christmas and I haven't done this in a long time, but I remember in the days of yore putting the boot cover, you know, painting them on the protective layering on the boots so they are resistant to the natural elements. And sometimes that can be helpful. It can help your boots and your porch and your car live longer. They have these resistance on them. But sometimes, when is it preventing that natural engagement and natural evolution of how things are? And when might that be problematic or at least challenging or interruptive, perhaps? It's a barrier, Literally, a barrier between moisture is waterproofing the shoes. And barriers can be so useful, right? We talk about boundaries and the safety and the freedom within them. And then when is a time that the barrier is preventing true and authentic connection? So there too, resisting certain things, perhaps really useful, right? That armor, resisting the blow of the sword, right? The piercing of the head of the arrow. And then times when it's so heavy, and it doesn't allow us to be seen for who we are. It's disguising us. Times when it's useful, times when it no longer is. Full definition of resistance, admittedly, these are a little less alluring, but we're going to bring them forward and just see what's there. The power or capacity to resist. So what are the times when you might want to resist, but you don't have the energy in the reserve? Can you honor that for yourself? Can you seek the support you need to be upheld in that? And when are those times you do feel in your strength and know this is my mission, right? This is the right thing for me. And I'm going to resist these other ways and hold true to these core principles. An opposing force. And just thinking about that, and I picture just that act of hand to hand. And in fifth grade, I do believe it was, they have the Olympiad in the Waldorf schools. And my oldest son had the opportunity to attend this and they have this wrestling, but it's not wrestling as you might think of it. It's hand to hand and just force to force, right? They're pressing against one another, working to push one person outside this circle. But it's also this sense of what is my strength? What is the strength of another? What does it feel like when they're met together? And sometimes, right, we need that opposing force to hold us up. So let's say you were leaning on someone and leaning on them for support, If they offered no opposing force, they would topple over, as would you. And so there are times when resistance is so helpful. It meets us where we are. It allows us to press back against us. It gives us a sense of those boundaries in where we are in relationship to others, also in relationship to ourselves, thinking about that in the internal dialogue. When are the times when you're looking inward for support? And if you just agree with everything that you're saying and thinking, you'll topple over. But if there's some counterpoint, some inquiry, some curiosity at play there, there's an opportunity for a real and meaningful developmental dialogue. 
thinking about resistance, right, as an organization, the resistance, thinking about it in the different ways and times it's been carried out for human rights and for social justice, that resistance was absolutely needed for the protection of others, for the levying of strengths appropriately, and just seeing what that is. So now I'm going to move toward rest. And we can look at other words that come from resistance. I encourage you to do so. Take a moment. And really, I looked at rest and nice and neat, and I left it. I don't have to find them all. But seeing what comes up for you when you look at it, just breaking it down, right, to resist and to stance, and seeing what that looks like, how you can do that. So words, so much power, and that they can be rearranged and have totally different meaning is amazing. Those same tools, those same building blocks put together in a different order, completely different message. And what are those common origins and common spaces within them? Looking now at rest, and we talked about restless when we went through the positive intelligence arc in the 30-day podcast adventure. But let's just look at rest for a moment. A bodily state characterized by minimal functional and metabolic activities. And just thinking about that, right? The time of day, the stage of life, we can look at this in our mammalian family and how they take on hibernation in different ways. But let's look at these, right? So A, B, and Z for definition two of rest are so fascinatingly different, but also again, common threads to be found. Freedom from activity or labor. Thinking about that. When are you resting? And one thing I very much appreciated about this new stage in my life is that it grants me space for rest in new ways. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of time involved. And there's a lot of space. There's a lot of autonomy. There's freedom in that. And rest looks different there. In the time when I was working at my peak, coaching in the gym in the morning, working 10 hours in clinic, coaching again in the afternoons, activities, there was really no rest space. It was go the whole time through. And now there are still lots of activities, but even within some of those activities, there's more restfulness and there is true downtime. So how are you creating in your life a freedom from activity or labor? And you could look at what those words mean to you and how you engage with them. Rest as a state of emotionlessness or inactivity. So drawing on that thread from before. And there was a point this past week where I just was laying in my bed. And some of it was not having much sleep the night before. Some of it was the day. The sun just did not come up that day. And again, Lord of the Rings references, right? The days grow dark, right? It's, it's never light out, even though it might be morning time by the hour on the clock. And there was just a sense of, I just need to lie here. And my oldest son even came in and said, are you, st- are you still in bed? And I actually had gotten up, did a run, showered, got dressed, but then was back in bed. And that's okay too, right? Testing the waters. Do I want to do this? Do I have the energy for this? No, I'm going to come back and I'm going to rest. And then I checked in. There's X, Y, Z things I could perhaps do. And no, right? Today rest is the answer, that motionlessness. And seeing where that reference as well of our body, of our thoughts, right? What rest do we have there? The repose of death. And this will definitely be own episodes in different iterations, but just our relationship to that and what we think about it, how we engage with the concept of death, right? The eternal rest 
grant upon you? And can we engage in that rest in these living moments in a different way? Do we have to wait right, for the end of life in this physical body? Or can that profound rest be available to us now? A place for resting or lodging. Or is it turning rest into that location? Peace of mind or spirit when you feel at rest. And just knowing that, this gives me the space to feel what I'm feeling, to know what I'm knowing, to think what I'm thinking, to be with me. Rest is that space. This one I love, a rhythmic silence in music. And I've always loved the image of the rest on the page. I'm talking that quarter note rest, the beauty of it, the shape of it, the directionality of it. It's bold, it's visible, it's unique, right? It looks like nothing else on the page. And it calls you to notice the space between. It allows for reflection on the note prior and preparation for the note coming. It engages you in counting differently, right? Oftentimes when you're playing the notes, you can just play them, right? It's a sequencing. We're not even seeing them necessarily independently. They can become muscle memory, but the rest, right, calls to us in a different way. And it's just as much a part of the music. And many times, a rest for you may be the space where another instrument in the symphony has their moment, right? So the rest has the space for respect and reflection and opportunity and engagement and collaboration within it. It's the space often where you get the cue from the conductor. They bring you back in from the rest. Mind you, there's one beat. But much can happen in that. And there's certainly other formats of rests. And we can expand that concept. I remember pieces. Right? If you play the cello, if you're in some of those supportive roles in the symphony, you can rest for a long time. And it can be challenging right, to count effectively. It can seem so simple, but requires so much attention. So the rest draws us in, in a different way. And then here, of course, this is the final version under this section. If we think about rest, something used for support. (laughs) And seeing how a resistance to rest can also be an ignorance, a neglect, a lack of awareness around the support that's available. And that a rest can be that seat, that walking stick that you might lean on, that friend. And seeing how a rest is a supportive space and restorative, building on that concept. At rest, free of anxieties. What is that like, particularly in this time? Have you felt at rest at all in the midst of these past two years? of the pandemic. Interestingly too, rest to remain confident. Look at the power in that because rest can seem passive. It can seem empty. It can seem void. But what if, right? You rest on your laurels. You are true to yourself to be based or founded, right? Something rests upon this solid foundation. Looking at that, to remain for action or accomplishment. The example given here, the answer rests with you. 
think about that final answer in different various game shows and quiz bowls. We just had the local high schools go to quiz bowl here. And then to bring an end voluntarily to the introduction of evidence in a law case. And that one's so specific. We've had some of these big, broad concepts here. But that one, again, we can look at that specificity of it, but to lay to rest, right? To give to rest, to rest your case in whatever way, shape, that form that might be in a courtroom or otherwise. And to also think that you have spoken all that needs to be spoken there. You have trusted that what is meant to be brought forth has been, that you've been heard effectively. And truly what that means is by yourself, you have heard you because we can't control how others hear or receive what we have to say, how they experience it, what they do with the sharing that we offer them. But we can know that we can be at rest, that we can rest our case, that we can rest strong, solid, safe in that notion that we know the truth and to offer that up. And it doesn't require anyone else to do anything. It welcomes them. I always think about the opportunity versus obligation, right? You are welcome, but not obliged to hear these words, to recognize what I'm saying. And whatever you do with it, I know what is true here. And that can be the greatest space for encouraging us to be at rest. What I think about when the word resistance comes up, and we've had lyrics come through many times, and lyrics from the artist Nako, Medicine for the People. And to me, I lack the connection <laughs> between oftentimes lyrics, at least, in songs specifically. I will often sing what comes through and not knowing necessarily what specific name goes with the song. And here, this one, I won't take as much responsibility for because the impact of the song is beyond the name and the title, but I can also respect drawing on a key piece and pulling that forward. And so the song Dragonfly, and I'll post the link to it in the show notes, just the chorus at the end, right? I survive, this is resistance. And seeing resistance as absolutely a survival mechanism. And the opportunity is to take that a step beyond to a thriving concept, Resistance can be the way that we build strength, that we build strength physically, mentally, emotionally, right? That inner knowing and awareness and resisting when it's purposeful and also letting go of resistance when it means time to adapt and adopt new ways of thinking, being, feeling. That is the opportunity here. And that is where we are in this final month of this season three of This Osteopathic Life And that is what will launch us into season four and see what is to come and how absolutely we remain for the health of all things. And not even remain, we are and we're expanding into all the ways that can be for us, with us, through us, to us. What an experience, what a time. And so I wish you all a happy new year. I welcome you to share your reflections on the website, The Sociopathic Life, at the business Facebook page, The Sociopathic Life. Hang out on Instagram and there'll be more coming. More presence. More peace. More resistance. Release of resistance. And certainly more rest. So grateful for the time shared 
with you in all these episodes. And I look forward to these conversations as they unfold. This is Dr. Amelia Beeky with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.